Welcome to the Insights Web series on conceptual metaphors. But in order to introduce the concept well, we have to first understand what is a metaphor. Kevin, can you give us a classic example of a metaphor? How about Life is a Box of Chocolates by Forrest Gump? That's a very good one. So as we know, metaphor is probably something that utilizes the predicate or some sort of similar thing that analogizes two things without using the word like or as, as we learned from English class. However, conceptual metaphors go a little deeper than that. In fact, some of the classic conceptual metaphors that Lakoff and Johnson identify in their 1995 work, Metaphors We Live By, is social organization or plants, argument is a war, and life is a journey. Do you want to pick any one of those to start with? Sure, let's say life is a journey. Great, let's start with examples. So in this example, we can see the word life is being replaced with journey here. For Lakoff and Johnson, this is a perfect demonstration of cognitive mapping from the source domain onto the target domain. Source domain in this, in this example is journey, target domain, life. Target domain, as its name indicates, is the target concept of which is the aim of comprehension, oftentimes the more abstract noun. So in this case, life. Yes, because of the abstracticity of the word life. Lakoff and Johnson claimed that we are attempting to better understand the word using the source domain, journey. This is the one we're more well acquainted with since it is more concrete. The cognitive mapping process places conceptual metaphor as a cognitive method rather than a simple phenomenon of language. This seems rather theoretical. Is there further evidence? Yes, in fact, in the way we gesture, as I've been doing, now when we speak of time, we tend to point forward when referring to the future. The same with the past. This tends to be understood as employing the time is a line or time is linear metaphor. Now, however, researchers have investigated a Papua New Guinea tribal population who doesn't actually do this. Instead of pointing forward, they point to the origin of the main river regarded as the source of life in the tribal religion indicate the past regardless of where they're oriented. That's interesting. But how does this tell us about conceptual metaphors? Well, see, there's a little bit curve to be made here. If we regard gesture to be a part of the language system, then it seems that cognition in the process of translating a cognitive objective to language has kept the consistency of time is linear for Westerners and time is oriented around the river for the Papua New Guineans. But language and communication is obviously a two-way operation. Even if metaphors were indeed internalized in the cognition of the speaker, how does this influence the listener? If the receiver doesn't internalize the system, then it seems that the conceptual metaphors are rather counterintuitive. Sure, that seems to be the question of the field of cognitive poetics. In sampling a huge amount of Western literature, researchers have identified metaphors with more concrete source domains, which are perceived better compared to those that are less concrete. That seems intuitive. We prefer language that aid our comprehension, not the other way around. I don't necessarily see how this proves the existence of conceptual metaphors. I mean, I understand your concern because the study that I just mentioned doesn't actually make a distinction between non-conceptual and conceptual metaphors. Therefore, another study in 2018, which includes the distinction, generated a conclusion that expressions containing conceptual metaphors were still more preferable to those without. That sounds too good to be true. Is there no solid criticism of this theory? 
Of course there is. Marina Hastert immediately comes to mind. Some of the criticism she brought up, including the distinction between monotony and metaphor, while Lakoff and Johnson believes that a conceptual metaphor requires that two or more entities of the target domain be mappable. So let's take the example we started with. When we say life is a journey, we say we've come this far and there are a lot of ups and downs and other phrases. This indicates that life and journey share more similarities than a typical metonymic expression like drink the glass, where the glass and the content inside it have no connection other than the relation of being contained. That sounds rather arbitrary though. If I say the pen is mightier than the sword, where I replace the concept of words with the word pen and the concept of literary force with the word sword, is this a metonymic expression or a metaphor? Well, that arbitrariness is actually why Hasser cautions against adoption of theory. The fundamental premise seems to be rather flowy. Not only that, Hasser also questions the generality of the conceptual metaphors himself. Let's take notes one of the classic conceptual metaphors of argument is war. The phrases that help to establish it are demolish and win, which don't necessarily belong to the category of war. Hasser, for example, proposes alternative metaphors like argument is game playing or argument is physical fighting, which are obviously not also on the same level of support as argument is war, but she proposes these alternatives to tell us how generalizable that these conceptual metaphors are. Those do seem equally as plausible. Do Lakoff and Johnson ever answer these criticisms? Well, no, but one does have to keep in mind the relative novelty of the field of the, and the experimental nature of conceptual metaphors. Overall, the idea of a cognitive system of which pervades all of our speech acts and takes on many forms can be extremely difficult for achieving replicable data. Understandable, but I believe the listener will be just as intrigued with the idea of conceptual metaphors as I've been in this episode. That is the hope. Actually, a linguistic scholar also points out that the study of conceptual metaphors is just like the study of rhetorics in the 18th century, where they studied how to exactly do we translate cognitive objective into language, whether that is through a metaphor or a gesture. And again, thank you for listening to our episode today, and we wish everyone a meta joyous Friday.